A very warm welcome to all our viewers. Welcome to the Sentinels Newsmakers. And in our series, Meet Your Deputy Commissioner, my guest today is Mr. Ranjan Sharma. He is the Deputy Commissioner of Baksa. Mr. Sharma, thank you so much. And welcome to the Sentinels Newsmakers. So, thank you, first, Anitam. Pleasure having you on the show. Uh, it's been really busy uh, for you in the past few days. A lot of uh, you know activity, of course, both COVID as well as floods, really creating a lot of havoc there uh, in our uh, district. So, tell us how has it been? Uh, you know, how have you been coping up with so many challenges at the same time? So many issues. Well, Onitam, as you know, Baksa is a one of the four districts of the Boroland Territorial Areas Districts. And uh, compared to the other districts of Assam, it is, you know, much less advanced. We have some resources problems. We have infrastructure problems. We basically started out late in all these matters. And uh, once this COVID-19 pandemic started, hmm. then we... Uh, being a border district, we were asked to set up screening camps at the international border with Bhutan at Doronga. Uh, we have other two points, one at uh, Shimla going on the road to Nanglam. And there's another mm. point at Manas National Park uh, through mm. which you can enter Bhutan. So we were initially asked to set up screen medical screening camps there. And uh, that was sometime around the end of January. And gradually, when the COVID-19 developed a pandemic form, we had to seal the borders. We had to seal the borders. And uh, after sealing of the borders, we had to have mobile medical camps. And uh, gradually, our activities in this part increased. As you know, yeah. as you know, we, we have a large population of Baksa young boys mm. and girls who are working outside. Outside yeah. means in the southern states of Tamil Nadu, Karnataka, Kerala, Maharashtra, mm -hmm. as well mm. as uh, uh, Gujarat, Haryana. So uh, uh, the government of Assam, to check yes. these people coming back home, mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. set up this Assam Cares outreach program by which they were provided financial assistance monthly right. so that they can uh -huh. take care of themselves during the lockdown period right and uh, you'll be surprised to know you'll be surprised that uh, we had almost around 19000 people from our district alone who had registered mm -hmm. under this program and okay. out of these almost almost 9000 people came back to the district once the lockdown restrictions were eased once the rest, uh, relaxations came into effect we had these people coming in by bus, by trains, and uh, we had to accommodate them in quarantine centers. We had about 36 numbers of quarantine centers at one point, with a total capacity of around 2,200. And uh, these people had to be brought here, they had to be tested, kept there for 14 days, and then only after they tested negative, they were allowed to go home. So. This was a huge task for us. We have three subdivisions, one in Tamulpur and the other in Salbari. 
apart from this southern subdivision at Moshalpur. We at one time had around 1500 people and uh, the, uh, the medical staff here, of course, uh, we had a shortage of doctors and other paramedical stuff. But even then, we carried on with them. And somehow we managed with the best of efforts from all the police, the health workers, as well as the civil administration, we were able to cope with these people. And gradually, the number of people coming from outside has gone down. And today, we are in a position where we have only about 100 people in the quarantine centers. But the focus, as you know, has now shifted from quarantine centers to COVID care centers because we now have started having COVID positive cases. At one time, we were one of the last districts to have positive cases here. As late as the as late as the first of cases here. And gradually we started having positive cases and now we have around 1,000 positive cases in the district out of which we have around 370 which are active. The rest have been cured and they have been back home. But uh, one of the high points of this entire exercise Onitam, is that we did not have a ICU in the civil hospital. In fact, we didn't have an ICU in the entire district an intensive care unit to take care of people in the hospitals. So with the coming of the COVID pandemic and with the support of the National Health State Unit, we are now in the process of setting up an ICU mm -hmm. here, a five-seater ICU in the civil hospital, which will be ready by the end of this month. So that is one of the right points in this entire campaign that we are now better equipped probably to deal with critical cases. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yes. So you were sharing how uh, this entire yeah. COVID, how the number of cases, and also about the returnees, the uh, initiatives being taken there. Uh, so at present, yes. what is yes. the situation as far as uh, yeah. COVID is concerned? Because I believe there was uh, the minister or uh, visited uh, your district also just a couple of days back. Uh, there was a task force meeting, I believe. So any change yes, in strategy yes. or something else that you all are yes. planning uh, as far as COVID control is concerned? No, as I was saying, now we are shifting our focus from quarantine to COVID care centers because we are having a large number of positive cases at the moment. Uh, since uh, June, beginning of June, we now have around 1,007 mm -hmm. cases total positive cases, out of which we have around 370 active cases at the moment. Accommodating these people in the civil hospital as well as three other model hospitals, we have a total capacity of around 180 to 200 beds for COVID patients. And uh, in view of the shortage of beds, sometimes uh, when we have a larger number of people coming testing positive, we often request mm -hmm. Kamrup district to accommodate them in their COVID care centers. As you know, Amin Gao has converted a large number of places into COVID care centers, and they have been very helpful yeah. to us. They have accommodated our people there. Okay. We have also been under, uh, undertaking an intensive round of testing, mm -hmm. a rapid, rapid antigen test kits have been made available to us, and we have last 12th of August, we took up an intensive 
took on an intensive uh, round of uh, testing by which around yeah. 2600 people were tested on the same day okay this of course as you know has also resulted in uh, more people testing positive we are now have on right. our hands more people who are positive yes but uh, we are taking care of them mm. so uh, enough, let us see uh, if uh, but uh, thankfully yeah uh, so enough uh, facilities thankfully, uh, infrastructure most of these cases are asymptomatic and uh, we are yeah. yeah infrastructure wise we have sufficient facilities at the moment but mm-hmm. in case we have a higher uh, higher number of people testing positive then maybe probably we will have to turn to guwahati or to borpeta for helping us to accommodate these people but as of now we are quite comfortable we are being fine okay so uh, here i would want to know from you as far as um, primary uh, health care facilities in the rural areas are concerned uh, i mean it's now it's all about covid but for future also for non covid um, ailments as well how prepared is baksa or uh, you all are already working on uh, stuff where you will be looking at more uh, better healthcare facilities uh, for the people of baksa yeah definitely uh, as i was saying uh, we didn't have an intensive care unit in the entire district and now we are in a position where we have a five seater icu in the civil hospital and apart mm-hmm. from that we are getting more doctors here uh, initially we had less doctors but now our staff strength has been augmented we also have uh, nurses multi purpose workers asha workers and other paramedics who are doing a very good job and hmm. i think that the uh, covid 19 has created an awareness on health issues in the entire district people are much more aware you know we are right. for the last almost 4 5 months we have been dealing so closely with the health department with the health workers that we are also very much conversant with health issues of the district so mm-hmm. i would say that the entire district administration is now much more involved we are much more mm-hmm. working closely with these health workers and probably we will be able to face other issues much much right better in future mm-hmm. yes uh, yes uh, i mean this entire health emergency is teaching each one of us uh, a lot about how to think out of the box how to uh, manage uh, in uh, different ways look at alternates so uh, yes uh, as far as health and in fact in the education space as well uh, so before i ask you yes. about the uh, education um, uh, status there the infrastructure that is there in place what are the plans going forward uh, i would like to know from you about uh, since you've already spoken about the arrangements the livelihood opportunities being made for the returnees there for the other yes. people from baksa because lockdown has been tough for most of the people now yes. of course we all know the condition yes. of our farmers even during the best of days they were not having a uh, very uh, good uh, income and all of those stuff despite the best efforts of the government uh, and the local administration so what is happening on those lines what about the artisans uh, the farmers and other uh, you know small traders and all they must have faced a lot 
So what is the administration doing for all of them? Well, Baksa is a primarily agrarian district. Yeah. Our yeah. economy revolves around agriculture. Mm -hmm. Almost around 80 to 90 percent of the people are involved in agricultural activities. And you'll be surprised to know that we have a lot of progressive farmers who are, you know, innovating. Uh, just mm -hmm. after I joined, when I joined about nine months back, immediately after that, I was surprised by the, you know, the bountiful harvest, the paddy harvest mm -hmm. that you have in this district. The golden fields, uh, which uh, at that point of time in November during harvesting, the fields were entirely, uh, you know, golden. And uh, uh, you have a very good harvest here. The people have large land holdings and land hold, mm -hmm. if you have large land holdings it is always you know much more easier to introduce agricultural reforms or uh, teach them to go about mm -hmm. scientifically in mm -hmm. carrying out their agricultural activities we have we have some people here who are going in for strawberry cultivation which mm -hmm. is something which is very new to the district we have people who go mm -hmm. in for watermelons here and mm -hmm. I have found that the watermelons here are the tastiest among all the watermelons that I have tasted from anywhere in the state, okay. yeah. apart from the strawberries also. So mm -hmm. during this time, during the lockdown period, these people had a very difficult time in selling their produce, in getting to the market. Mm. It, in, it was in such a situation that they were just giving away their produce for a pittance. The okay. strawberries which they used to sell for 400 rupees in the Guwahati market. They were selling at 100 rupees in the local market and to whoever used to come and get it. And yeah. a major part of the produce was left unsold and it was rotten and it was wasted. So hmm. we had asked the agriculture department to set up this market linkage of, of these farmers. And right. the agriculture department has also come forward. They have, uh, they have provided them with... Uh, you know, motor transport have provided them with small vans, which have been very mm. useful and which have been very successful in helping these farmers bring their produce from the from their fields to the markets at Borpeta or Nalbari or even to Gohati, and where they yeah. are getting a good market for their produce. Okay. And uh, yeah. as you as you also know that most of those boys, as I had mentioned earlier, who had come back from the outside mm. states. Uh, these these boys ha are now being provided employment under the MG NREGA scheme of the government of India, where they are yeah. given job cards. They are being engaged in work here. Though, of course, much more needs to be done in this sector. Only a very small percentage of these boys have now been engaged. We hope to see more of these boys coming forward to take up these work. Right, right. Now, as far as the returnees, uh, livelihood options are concerned, the opportunities for employment are concerned. Is there any other, uh, like uh, some of the districts have already started reskilling, and uh, you know uh, the data has been prepared, like who all have returned and the skill sets that they have. So something like that also being done in Baksa? Yes, we, we have already uh, created a database of all the returnees as uh, apart from the Panchayat and Rural Development Department, which is providing them work under the Rural Employment Guarantee Program. We also have skill yeah. development centers under the State Rural Livelihood Mission, and they are going about giving them skilling in 
mm-hmm. uh, you know various trades such as domestic electricians plumbers right yeah okay depending on the skills that they already we have also and have building on the veterinary department and the fisheries department the fisher hmm. exactly they're building on what they already have mm-hmm. and the right. other departments like the fishery department because this district has a lot of water bodies there is a great potential for fishery in this district uh, we have asked the fishery officer to you know to prepare plans to prepare schemes for these boys and most of these boys i am very happy to know have come forward and now they want to do something here itself in their own homes they have land here they can do cultivation they can have fishery in their own mm-hmm. land okay uh, so uh, let's now talk a little bit about the education scenario in baksa of course most uh, what we are seeing now is uh, online classes so what is the scenario like as far as the internet connectivity is concerned the access to smartphones uh, how uh, well developed and well organized is baksa when it comes to all of these things because i believe online classes are here to stay for much longer and what is the administration doing for all those children who do not have access to either a smartphone or proper net connectivity well network connectivity is an issue in baksa uh, we hmm. we have issues of that sort in fact uh, in the entire district especially in the northern areas mm-hmm. we yeah. have this network connectivity issues and uh, i myself uh, have been using two three mobile phones two three network providers because of you know problems right. being given by these network providers uh, we have right. all them over here we have had we have held meetings with them and we have asked them to set up additional towers okay additional towers mm-hmm. for mobile connectivity and we are going about we are now giving them nocs to set up mobile towers and they are now doing it and and this has helped in the education sector also uh, mm-hmm. we have found uh, our officials like the inspector of schools and the district elementary education officer they have said that the response from the children in these villages is much higher in terms of online education mm-hmm. uh, yes uh, there are some issues of smartphones but yeah. i i feel and i think that most of the people nowadays in the village areas do have access to a smartphone right. do have access to a smartphone and they, they are making use of these smartphones for online education of their children mm-hmm. you'll be surprised mm-hmm. to know that uh, the educational scenario here is quite advanced even though it's one of the you know less developed districts in hslc also this year the high school living survey examinations the pass percentage was much higher than the state average and uh, in the higher secondary section also in arts uh, one of the girls yeah. here had the uh, event she was one of the rank holders in the entire mm-hmm. state okay yeah that's uh, really uh, wonderful news as far as the education uh, space is concerned uh, what yeah you want to say something and there yeah. is another innovation that i have done here yeah there is another mm-hmm. innovation in the sense that the, some of the teachers some of the village elders have come to me saying that they want to give some 
amount of intensive coaching to the class 10 or class 12 students who are going to appear for the board exams next year so we have uh, you know we have made out 5 to 10 boys and girls are allowed to get together and the teacher comes and gives them some special tutorial classes which helps okay. them a lot you know right. and uh, this is done in batches so that we can maintain the social distancing yes and uh, the teachers also have been very supportive they have come forward and whereas in a normal class you take them you take a class for one hour of around 50 60 yeah. students in this case they are taking classes about 10 15 boys and girls at a time spread over a period of 2 3 hours yeah. that has been very helpful to these children who are appearing for the board exams yes that's yes uh, in fact i actually was looking forward to hear uh, such stories from you uh, you know innovative out of the box thinking uh, going out of your way and looking at alternates yeah. uh, in helping uh, people children students of your districts yeah. so i'm sure you must be having a lot of other similar plans for other sectors as well so let's hear from you what are your plans uh, your vision for baksa and the people of baksa well uh, onitom you know that uh, baksa is a beautiful place it is filled with natural beauty mm -hmm. right from bogamati in the east bogamati mm -hmm. is a picnic famous picnic spot near goreshwar and the mm -hmm. eastern border of the district from there onwards along the northern belt you'll find choki another very picturesque place just north of moshalpur that's the district headquarters mm -hmm. and from choki you have daragao and then onwards finally of course to the world famous manas national mm -hmm. park yeah but in spite of having such a lot of nature you know nature has been very bountiful here mm -hmm. we have not been able to utilize this resources to our advantage the people here in these areas are quite poor and uh, i was thinking that if we can have some tourism projects tourism schemes whereby yeah. you, we will have some homestays here so that tourists can come here have a taste of the local culture stay with the people in their own homes mm. and see the type of activities that the local people are engaged in even participate with them in agricultural activities yeah. or uh, life rearing even going for handlooms because mm. you know that we have very beautiful handlooms here in the form of arnais or the shawl and the yes uh, mufflers that we have here beautiful designs yeah. are created on vivid colors yeah so probably we can have tourists who will come in to see the handloom sectors the eri eri uh, the eri and the muga culture that we mm. have in the sericulture sector also these are yes. also some things that people will be much interested in apart from the local cuisine right the local cuisine that the people have so you know mm. this is something which people will come from very far away and they will spend money to uh, experience yes this again Absolutely. will help the local people you know earn something from to from mm. tourism trade so you know yeah. that the manas wildlife uh, sanctuary mm. manas national mm. park it's a world heritage site it's a biosphere reserve Uh, yes but compared to kaziranga again it is not 
I feel it is not being sold as much as Kazilenga is. Absolutely. Even Absolutely. though. Yes. It, yes. And uh, yeah. even though Manas does not have any flood problems and such, mm. this is a place mm -hmm. where you can come 12 months in a year. Mm. Right. At any time yes. of the year, you can have tourists coming in. Yeah. Apart from the Beki River, apart from the mm. Beki River, which flows by the National Park, we don't have any other problems here. Beki is a problem of erosion, but it does not create much floods in the Manas National Park. Right. So if we can have tourists coming here at any time of the year, we can yes. create more facilities for accommodating them. Not by having hotels or you know resorts and all that, but we can mm -hmm. have the local people engaged in this tourism trade. This will also right. create awareness of conservation among the local people, and it will be in their interest to maintain this mm. World Heritage Site. Because yes, if Manas is there, they will also be there. If if Manas right. thrives, they will also thrive. So uh, we know that at one time, we know that at one time Manas was, you know, uh, it had uh, been ravaged. The trees were being cut mm -hmm. down. This was around uh, in the 90s of the last century. And uh, mm -hmm. the wildlife there was also placed in the endangered list of world heritage sites in 1992. Yeah. yeah. But gradually from the beginning of this century, with the help of conservationists and with the help of the forest department, dedicated mm. officials and staff. They started rebuilding this yes. wildlife uh, reserve. And right, gradually right. the animals, right. which had all fled off right. to the Royal Bhutan National Park. We have a uh, national park in the neighboring Bhutan mm -hmm. also. So the animals also yes. came back. And this place, entire place, <laughs> had assumed its lost glory again. Right. So in fact, uh, so, Mr. Sharma, so, I always... Yeah. Yeah, I always used to think that, you know, uh, the amount of focus that we all uh, give, uh, of course, uh, duly so, I mean, rightly so, for Kajiranga National Park, it feels like as if someday we've actually forgotten about all the other wildlife sanctuaries, the tiger reserves that we have, including Manas. So I am really happy that you are planning to do a lot with the uh, Manas Tiger Reserve there. Um, and uh, also the locals will help and support you in reviving uh, the lost glory of uh, Manas Obhoyarandha. So, so let's also um, yes. uh, would like to hear from you also about the road infrastructure there uh, and uh, you know uh, yes. how things have been because road of course is a big indicator of how uh, the economy of a place communication yes yeah, road communication is a yes yes Road in this state also, but uh, but definitely it is much much better than what it was earlier. We now we now have a good condition road coming in to the district headquarters, and most mm -hmm. of the roads are in good condition here because of the uh, Prime Minister's Gramin Suraksha and the rural roads program that we have. So we yes. have good roads here, but mm -hmm. one of the major problems in communication is that. Yeah. We don't have a 
road connecting the subdivisional headquarters to the district headquarters. Okay. You know, from Tamulpur in the east to Mosholpur in the middle and then to Salbari in the west, if we had a lateral highway, hmm. and the, if we had a road parallel to the national highway, then we could have saved much, much time in, you know, traveling from one end of the district to the other end. Now, when I have to go from Mashalpur to Tamulpur, I have to go via Nalbari and Kamrup districts. Right. So it is a big waste of time and energy. Yes. If we could build a bridge over the Pakdadia River mm -hmm. and have a national highway from the east to the west, then we would be able to provide communication link to the people. And this will help yes. in trade and commerce as well as for the educational purposes also because the students, college students, school students they can then travel easily from one part to the other. Yes. The recent floods have also the recent floods have been quite unprecedented in the sense that uh, usually we have flash floods in this district. The the rivers that come down from Bhutan carry hmm. a huge volume of water for a short period of time and cause flash floods adjoining areas. Within 24 hours, they again recede and everything is back to normal. But in this year, uh, the volume of water that came down was extremely high. It had breached some of the embankments, the Puthimari River, the Pagladia River, have created havoc in the adjoining areas and even today we have not been able to close a breach some of the villages in the neighboring areas up to Rongya are being flooded okay this has created you know okay. uh, communication gaps whereby the roads have been snapped the bridges the approaches to the bridges have been snapped and people are finding it difficult to move from one place to the other Right. So, uh, uh, there any other yes. um, any other topic that you would highlight? Uh, you would like to talk about or highlight something? Some of your uh, plans in the pipeline, or you know, once the COVID situation normalizes, or something to something more that you would like to share? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, There is another thing that I have noticed here. Uh, you know, this is a place where you experience so much of rainfall during the summer months, during the monsoons. You know, yeah. someone coming from Guwahati or any other metropolitan city yes. would say that this is a place having rainfall and sufficient water. We should be having sufficient water throughout the year. But you'll be surprised to know that in the northern mm -hmm. belt of the district, they, they have a scarcity of water during the dry months, starting from, say, December up to March. April, May, there is a yeah. great shortage of water, both for domestic purpose as well as for irrigation. Now, mm -hmm. the villagers here have come up with an innovative system whereby they have themselves, at mm -hmm. their own initiative, they have created water channels which carry water from the Pagdadia River. And these villagers, they have now, in uh, they have there are 14 groups of people. They call themselves mm -hmm. the Dung Band Committee. The Dung Band Committee. They create these Dungs, these channels, and they create the bands. That is, they, they dam the river 
they carry the water to their villages and they take turns in using this water for their you know if one village uses it for so on like this it's on you know and the, it is such an efficient system that the public health engineering department which was going in for water supply projects here when they face some problems in boring of water they have requested mm. these people to give them uh, to share some of these surface water that they were carrying to their houses and uh, in fact uh, the public health engineering department was using this water to give <coughs> water supply to the neighboring villages but okay. at one point of time probably due to apathy of the concerned officers there mm -hmm. Hmm. this uh, water the water channels the water pipes some of these pipes were leaking and when these committee people found that the water was being wasted they immediately cut off the water supply to the department oh. and the department oh. had come to me and i had to go and request these people so no, no, you give them the water and they will take care and they will see and i had assured them that they will make good use of this water and will it will not be allowed to be wasted so now the water uh, public health engineering department is also going ahead with arsenic mitigation technology because there is arsenic in the groundwater and they have come mm -hmm. up with uh, almost 47 numbers of the uh, large number of schemes and uh, mm -hmm. which will also entail a lot of funds which we are hopeful will be able to provide drinking water supply pipe water supply to these villages which have all along been dependent on these traditional methods of water supply yes wonderful uh, really interesting to hear this whole uh, you know villages initiative uh, to ensure that they have yes. uh, water and the way they decided to share amongst themselves that is also very interesting speaks volumes actually about yes. the community that is there in baksa the kind of people nice yes. people that they are very interesting and very lovely yes so there anything else uh, from your side uh, i think uh, we have done almost yeah we okay. have the ptc okay. like, uh, yes huh. so um, so that maybe we will anyways btc uh, is there something yes. that you would like to talk about about the btc elections no we are we are having the ptc elections now and uh, yeah. along with the covid uh, pandemic situation that is prevailing here probably because of that the state election commission has deferred the elections and mm. uh, as soon as the situation becomes normal we will be having the elections yeah that yes. we are hopeful within two three months probably right yeah all right uh, thank you so much that was really wonderful speaking to you and uh, great stories coming out from baksa very innovative ones and also uh, very uh, encouraging and inspirational stories coming out from baksa thank you so much thank you for your time and viewers thank you so much for joining us for this particular special series till we meet again it's a goodbye from all of us here take care stay safe